Please remember, while Fuller House is a family show, the Fullest House podcast is not. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Season 2 of Fullest House, where we're back and sadder than ever. I'm Harrison Bloom. I'm Zach Horowitz. And I'm Mark Green. God damn it. One and a half weeks of not having this show in my life was eternal. Like, it took for, <laughs> this one and a half weeks took forever. We, we took yeah, a break. Viewers, we took a bit of a break at the end of season one. Uh, some of us have moved back up to college. Some of us are uh, still at home. I'm looking squarely at Harrison on this one. And I and I play the world's smallest violin. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, my heart is full. And do you know why? Because we have Fernando back. Because not only do we have Fernando back, but I think it should be remarked upon. Fernando is in the main credits this season. I know. I was going to bring it up if you weren't going to. I'm so happy. I was. We were literally watching the episode... And I had asked during the opening credits, I I was like, is this this is this when uh is this when Fernando finally appears in the opening credits or is that like season three? I asked when it was, and then like right as I finished the sentence, he appeared in the opening credits, and we all rejoiced. It all so I just realized this. It also says something about how popular this character must have been, considering that like Matt and Steve are still not in the opening credits, and they're way more constant as characters than Fernando. (laughs) Matt and Steve, who are important to the story, and also Steve, (laughs) who was on the original Full House, are not in the main credits, but do you know who is? Fernando! Fernando. We love our boy, Fernando. We love him. He's back. He's better than ever. In, in my notes, I put down Fernando is in the main credits and eight exclamation points. Yes. That's how excited I was for this. Not enough. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, if anything, that's not enough exclamation points. <sighs> okay, okay. Tyler told me not to click pens during this, but okay. I... <laughs> One, two, three. He's adding more exclamation points four, as we speak. Five, six, seven. Okay, there are like 16 now. Is that okay? That should be sufficient for now. That's better. Yeah, that's a good amount, I think. Yeah, we can always we can always add more later. Yeah. So, guys, this episode. This episode, you guys. What an episode this is. What a is. trip. There were so many things in this episode that I did not <laughs> think came into the show until later. That's true. I do just, before we completely move on, I do want to say, I don't know why I actually added more exclamation points in real life. This is an audio format. (laughs) I didn't have to do that. I mean... It's a more immersive experience. Yeah, exactly. It's the ASMR experience of, like, clicking your pen and having all that done. (laughs) So, you're right, Zach. So much happens in this episode. There's a lot to go over here. Yeah. So we start out with uh, DJ... Uh, trying to teach Tommy to walk, and everyone just comes in at once because they've all been away over the summer, apparently. Everybody left. And every and the audience woos the entire time because it's like, oh, it's all our favorite characters from Woo! season one. They've come so far. Woo! But yeah, you know, it starts off with uh, Ramona, Kimmy, and our boy Jay Money coming in. Uh, 
and they're back from camp. Uh, Ramona was at dance camp, and uh, Kimmy crashed it. She was there for the last six weeks of a seven-week program. Yes. Yep. I bet Ramona had so much fun with the guys there, with her mom watching from the bushes. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been great. <laughs> There's... I mean, we see when DJ is teaching Tommy how to walk, she has some anxiety about getting older, about her kids getting older. She says, you're walking and soon you'll be on college, in college and I'll be in a nursing home and then I'll die. I don't think she says she's going to die, but that's the subtext. DJ is realizing yes. her own mortality. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, Kimmy definitely has some issues that she's not ready to admit, right? Oh, yeah. Yup. For sure. But uh, yeah, they come back. Also, J Money's with them. He's also back from camp, and apparently, he's uh, the ladies were all over J Money, according to J Money. How could you? <laughs> how could you not be? How could you? Not oh, of be? course, of course. And yeah. that 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 boy. Mm. I'd also like to mention uh, the fact that he's going through puberty. Yes, from the course <laughs> of between season one and season two, our little J Money uh, is becoming a man. Before our very he's eyes. He's becoming a man. He's like six inches taller by my estimation, and his first line is a voice crack. Yes. We have reached Pete J Money. Exactly. His first line is a voice crack. He's he's taller than DJ now. Mm-hmm. He's going through puberty. Our little boy's growing up. Our little boy's growing up. Soon he'll be called to the Torah to read and become a bar mitzvah. <laughs> 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 Everybody congratulate the bar mitzvah boy, Jay Money. That's his Hebrew name, Jay Money. That, no, that's just the theme of his party is Jay Money. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's one of those bad themes where the theme is sort of just the kid. Yeah. Those are the worst themes. You should have something going oh, on. Oh, God, those are the worst themes. You're right. Jay stands for Jehovah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they also leave... Uh, I forget who's next. I believe it's Stephanie comes in. Next I believe so. Because Kimmy left her at the airport. Or actually, I think I think it's worth mentioning. Um, Steph does come in next, but it's worth mentioning that Jay Money, in addition to saying that all the girls were after him, you guys, makes clear that he stayed loyal to his one and only boo, Lola. Of course, it's the word he uses. That's his word, not my word. Yes. And Lola, coincidentally... Oh, yes. Lola comes in next. You're right. Lola comes in, says, You're back! J-Money stretches out his arms, so excited for the woman he loves, and she races right past him into the, the open arms of Ramona. I feel like it should be mentioned. Not only does she race past him, she she goes, she goes under underneath his, arm. his extended arm. Yeah, she goes under the arm. Like the best football player in the world, just boom! <laughs> Yeah, Harrison, I don't think you know how football works. There's a lot of, like, sidestepping and, you know, dodging around people. Not under somebody's arm. <laughs> I think you're uncreative, Zach. I think you underestimate football players' ability. You need to think outside the box. You're right. I should I, I should expand my horizon. Okay, fine. She, she, she goes in like a wrestler missing his takedown and goes to, to, to Ramona. There, is that better? That's, you're, getting, you're getting better. You're getting slightly better. I'll, I'll accept this analogy. What metaphor would you use, Zach? Anyways, moving on. Uh, <laughs> but after that, Steph is next. Uh, Kimmy left her at the airport, and Steph says, how rude. Of course. Which mm-hmm. She doesn't say a lot, but she said that, and I said, ah, there it is. I, I think the voice really sold the joke for me. 
Thank you. If I'm gonna be completely honest. Oh, you just went, ah, oh, there it is. I would've been like, ah, oh, okay, whatever. But the voice, everything sounds better when it's done by a crotchety old man. Anytime I hear a catchphrase, he comes out of me. It's just the gut <laughs> reaction. He. Yeah. It's your inner voice. Oh, is that, is, okay, you're right. I should, no, 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 you're right. I shouldn't assume. I shouldn't assume the voice is gender. Oh, no, it wasn't even that. It was more so that he doesn't have a name. Just, just the way that you're like, oh, he comes out. And it's like, is he like your friend? And if so, why doesn't he have a name? His name is, uh, his name is Gerald. Gerald, yeah, yeah, Gerald. Gerald Green. Yeah. There we go. Distant relative from deep inside. He has a name now. Anytime <laughs> I hear a catchphrase, oh my lanta, ah, there it is. There it is. There it is. There Gerald is. just comes right out. Gerald comes right out. So, Stephanie went back to England. Uh, she did not get a British accent this time, no. for the better. Yes. Uh, she did it, apparently, to reconnect with an ex who turned out to be just as much of an asshole as she remembered. Mm. But uh, then she plowed a uh, member of the Queen's Guard, which is... Good for her. Honestly, that's... That, yeah, good for her. Yeah, it's honestly yeah. impressive. Those are hardworking, good men who serve their country. Yeah. So, yeah. Then, God, this scene. This scene's... So this bad. was a special scene. This was a special yeah. scene. This is this is this season's we're all gonna stare into the camera for half an hour. Oh yeah. You're right. It's just we're gonna be in the kitchen and one by one, every single character is gonna show up and explain what they were doing between last episode and now. There's even a moment where Max comes up and then says to the audience yeah. as if and says to the audience everything that happened last season you know in case you forgot yeah and and he says like you know oh everything was so crazy before they left i had such a horrible boring summer so like the show just stopped yep nothing was happening at all <laughs> and now it's starting again well you see this is the now that fuller house has a following it's time for the writers to enter their artsy meta phase, where they have to analyze the nature of storytelling, the nature of the medium. In between seasons of a television show, what truly happens? Are stories only what show up on scene, or are there stories off screen as well? You're right. It is that question of do characters exist sort of when we're not watching them? Exactly. I mean, there's the the idea it's like uh you know six characters in search of an author it's do characters exist outside of the author and i'd say most writing they tell you like don't leave people just like waiting and doing that like things are happening time is passing when when we're not watching especially if you say wow time is passed yeah um that was to that was that was gerald again yeah <laughs> but we can think of at least Let's say three more people who did have significant things happen to them during the summer. And uh, those are our three saddest boys, aside from Jay Money. Oh, our favorite boys. Wait, I, I do want to say, though, before uh, before we get started there, I did, I do realize we forgot to mention over the summer, DJ finally decided who she wanted to be with, Matt right, or Steve. That's right. right. And this is a central plot point of this episode that's right we got that's right we got so caught up in all these characters reuniting and inorganically explaining what was happening to them <laughs> yes that we forgot the very real plot point that dj's finally decided mm -hmm. she's picked someone that's not her <laughs> she did a lot of yoga and self-help book reading yeah. over the summer 
She's really come in tune with herself, and she's ready for a man. Yeah, she's ready for a man. Speaking of men, our three sad boys enter, and it is wonderful. Our little DJs really come into her own. Yes. But, uh, you know, Fernando enters, and he really is, he's like, <laughs> hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> funny story, and it is a, a very funny story. <laughs> he says funny story. He, he, he does he say, does funny, say story. funny story. He's like, hey guys, so funny story, uh, I was going out. To the racing circuit. This is I. I feel like I should try to attempt a Fernando voice, but I feel like it's just gonna turn out awful. So no, I'm not gonna no, go. Just, no, please no, don't. Just go, please don't. Just, just keep. Going. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go. So he's like, "All right, guys, funny story." So I went off on the racing circuit, and as it turns out, I forgot to pay my rent. So my <laughs> landlord evicted me. <laughs> so now I'm moving in with you guys. So now I'm moving in here. <laughs> I love that it's not even that like. It's not even that he's, like, financially a mess or whatever. He just forgot to pay his rent. <laughs> and then he got evicted. Oh, and he just got evicted. That's our Fernando. Honestly, can you, could you see it happening any other way? No. Like, no. It's, it's obviously the, no, I cannot. No, I just the can't. only thing that could happen is Fernando forgot to pay his rent. <laughs> because he was too busy being a famous race car driver. Oh, You're right. A famous race car driver. Yeah, so he forgot to pay his rent, and he instantly decides to move in. Does not ask permission. Exactly, and uh, just just so you know, dear viewer, the answer from everyone else, and when it comes to the question of are we going to let Fernando move in, is a resounding no. Which <laughs> they're crazy. I don't know why they'd want to have Fernando there. I know that's. What's the objectively wrong answer? Yeah, exactly. It's objectively incorrect. Everybody needs more Fernando in their life. I think, what is it that he says when he enters, Mark? You you saved the screenshot. Uh, I did. I also made an... Oh, yes. He said, and I quote, Let the rejoicing begin. Fernando has returned. And let me tell you, dear viewer, on our watch through, there was much rejoicing. <laughs> the rejoicing did begin right away. There was so much rejoicing. Oh, yes. We cheered. We cheered so hard. But uh, at the risk of letting this go on too long, they, he decides to move in. He has a lot of stuff. And it takes a very long time. So it's good to know he still has his stuff. Yeah. They didn't, you didn't steal all the stuff. It's not a total loss. It's good. That's right. Um, but meanwhile... Yes, meanwhile, DJ is preparing for her, uh, her, her end of summer barbecue. I know there's a longer name for it. But I didn't remember. I that. did not. I write. I write everything down. I did not write that down because I could not care less. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, and it was too much. I didn't remember. Might it. as well just call it Plot Vehicle 2016 because that's pretty much what it is. Climax 20. Climax 20. Yes. Yes. There we go. And uh, Matt and Steve are there, and they brought all the food, and DJ's ready to tell them. Uh, which one she chose, but they also have big news. But also we find out, this isn't their big news, but we find out that now they are the best of friends. Right, I forgot to mention that. They are buds. They are best friends and it is wonderful. <laughs> to the point where they, their big news, Matt wraps his arm around Steve <laughs> and they say, you know, we have big news. We're actually dating now, not each other. Although that's not, those aren't <laughs> the words that they use, but they said we're both... Um, seeing people. That's the general plot beats. And the, the yeah. way they have presented the two of them this episode, if they did say it was each other, which that's that's my heart, that's my OTP, I would not be surprised. Everyone's talking about Meej, Prestige. Everyone should be talking about... Meeve. Meeve. 
Meave. It's either Meave or Stat. So Meave, I, I think, is better. Meave or Stat. <laughs> just guys being dudes. Yeah, just guys being dudes. Just guys being dudes. They have girlfriends now, and which is something that I was like, oh yeah, I remember this plot point. I do want to say that Stephanie, when they say that they're both seeing people, Stephanie does say each other. And Steve's reaction is, I want to give them credit. It's not that cliche, this thing of like, this kind of show thing of like gay panic and what? Oh, no, no, not him. No. Steve looks lovingly into Matt's eyes and says like, it's not the way I swing. But if I did, I would be lucky to have someone like Matt. (laughs) (laughs) That he's, oh, no, no, no. It's better. He says... Daddy would be a home run and then boops him on the nose. That's right. He does boop him on the nose. This is an important detail. It's a little boop. Why isn't boop. this the show? <laughs> boop. Why isn't this the show? I know, right? Yeah. I want my two sad husbands yeah. <laughs> and their misadventures. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they asked DJ, hey, is it cool if we invite our girlfriends to your barbecue? DJ, ever the hostess, says, Yes. Totally cool with me. Totally. And also they make a big point of saying, and DJ, we would have never done this if you hadn't said, go and focus on yourselves this summer. So this is all because of you. (laughs) It's your fault. (laughs) You did this. Poor DJ. Waited too long. Got bit in the butt. Poor DJ. She strung along these two people for months on end. It's such a tragedy. The next thing I have on my list is... um, Ramona and Lola are are dancing together, just having fun, like kids do. Mm-hmm. And, yes, as and, you do, as you do. And then Jay Money comes in, and he is not dancing well. I must say, he's tearing up the dance floor. He is tearing up the dance floor, but in almost a literal sense. Yes, and uh, it gets to the point where Ramona has to explain. That J Money is now back in the friend zone with Lola. If he was ever out. <laughs> the exact things that happen is J Money calls Lola his bae, which is how you know this came out in 2016. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and Ramona's, I think her exact words is, Lola isn't your bae. <laughs> this like very serious line reading of I thought you were bae. Turns out you're just fam. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I, I heard that line and I, I instantly thought of that line when I heard that line. I think we should write a 2016 set play where only where people are only using 2016-centric di- uh, slang terms. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Can we please actually write it's this? It's Long Day's Journey into Night, but everybody's saying, like, fam. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please write this? Yes. Like, actually. Oh, that'll be done at some point. That'll be our spinoff of the week. Yeah, that's the spinoff of this episode is the, the 2016 show. <laughs> yeah, that's the spinoff. 2016 play. Where everyone speaks in, in 2016 teen lingo. We were teenagers in 2016. We know. Called, and I, I'm, I'm open to other suggestion. Long day's journey into night, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Bruh. That works. <laughs> Um, but I'd like, sorry, before we go on, uh, I, I'd like to suggest that we give our characters code names based off of, uh, fun little 2016 things. I, I just want to have one of our characters be named Big Chungus. <laughs> big Chungus is a big plot point. I, I, I just want you to know both, both of them looked, both of them looked like they were in pain after I said that. <laughs> it's because I was. 
You looked like I had inflicted physical pain upon both of you. Well, you see, I had an itch in my nose and I was afraid I would sneeze, but there's no proof that you saying big chungus didn't cause that itch. So, yeah. Like, I just looked I just looked at you guys after I said it, and there was a look of pure disgust on both of your faces. Honestly, Zach, you said it, and a little part of me died. <laughs> part of me might have been Gerald. I don't know. He might be gone forever. Gerald? We can't lose Gerald. Yeah, I'm right here. Yay! Oh, Gerald! I was going to say, quick, someone do a bit, and then, more, and then Gerald would come out. But nope, he's still here, so we don't need to do that. There it is. Yeah. There it is. There he is. There's our boy. See, here's the thing. Gerald says that in response to catchphrases, but is that not itself Gerald's catchphrase? <laughs> so is that wait, so you're saying anytime someone says their catchphrase, it's now an infinite loop of Gerald yeah. saying there it is over and over and over again? Are we in our artsy metaphase where we question the authenticity of catchphrases? <laughs> is it just like does it just go like, oh my lanta, there it is. There it is. There it is. Anyway. There it is. Sometimes it takes a little bit more. Anyway, Jay Money says to Lola, but we super made out last episode. He doesn't say last episode. I'm saying last episode. And Lola says, that's how we, I kiss my grandma. Which is a very strange way to kiss his, her, her grandma. I agree with Jackson. You forgot there. to mention that there's also a flashback. There is a flashback. Not just a flashback. A flashback within a thought bubble. Yes. Yeah. Because we they had to flashback and they couldn't just show it. No, that would be stupid. The characters were remembering, and thus we were remembering. This is a very smart show. <laughs> it's very smart. Yes. And I think now is... I forget the exact line he says as he exits. Oh, I, I, I know I know what he says at, at the end. So unfortunately, uh, I, I believe after season one, the J Money nickname doesn't stick, and he starts to call himself Action Jackson now, which is infinitely worse than J Money. I was going to say now we come to the low point of the episode. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Which is Action Jackson. God fucking damn it. Which we got we got one utterance of in season one. Stephanie calls him Action yeah. Jackson. But he just someone decided in the writer's room that needed to be his nickname for God knows what fucking reason. Not J-Money. It sounds so terrible. And I can't decide if it's because J-Money is so good or if because Action Jackson sounds like a serial mascot that I don't want to exist. It's because J Money is so good. I'm just going to okay. say. Yeah, it's because we love our sad boy, J Money. We love our sad boy. And dear listeners, you might be keen to hear, we're still referring to him as J Money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We will never stop referring to him as J Money. Because in our hearts, forever he will be J Money. Literally, we were watching through the series uh, on our own before we decided to make the podcast. And we just kind of all had an unspoken agreement from the first season that we would only refer to him as J Money. Yes. And we planned on bringing it into the podcast as well. Well, it was funny because, like, I remember when it first came up, we had sort of our reaction of like, oh, come on, man. Don't call, don't call yourself that. And then as he kept doing it, we were just like, yeah, J Money, that's your name. That's his name. <laughs> that's his name. That's what he calls himself. No, I don't think it. I don't think it really stuck until after. I think it was maybe like this episode when he started calling himself Action Jackson, and we were just like, "I miss J Money." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's what it was. We we missed it. Yeah, I think that's what happened. It, it was Action Jackson. We were like, "What? No, he's J Money. J Money. <laughs> J Money. Why? J Money." But did you have the line that he says as he leaves? Yes. Is it action out? It is action out. Action out. 
Like, he's trying. He's trying to make it into a thing, and, like, good on him. I love my sad boy. Well, it's also that, and he also immediately regrets that, because he leaves, and he sees DJ outside, and he's like, Mom, I made some. I made a really dumb mistake. And she's like, yeah, I know. I heard you say action out earlier. <laughs> Which you had a very... I, I think you both had a very good line. I was, like, taking notes as it happened. But you, had, you both had a very good line where you said, I think I made a mistake, and you guys said, like, yeah, you didn't call yourself J-Money. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, here's the thing. Action Jackson does have that, like, alliteration. It might technically be a better nickname. But J-Money... Probably, I guess? But J-Money is the world's most perfect nickname. Yes. Oh, yeah. It is the perfect nickname for a perfectly sad boy. (laughs) Perfect nickname for a perfect boy. Yes. He has no flaws other than the sadness. I, this is not to talk too much about J Money, although maybe at some point this will become a J Money podcast. Possibly. That's how much, that's how much we love our sad boy. Um, although it's kind of a Fernando podcast. It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. Please come on our podcast, Juan Pablo de Pache. Have we, have we reached the segment of the podcast where we beg Juan Pablo de Pache to come on our podcast? You can do that anytime, but I was just going to say that I think this episode is when we have fully made the change from bad boy to sad boy. Wonderful. He is so sad in this episode, to the point that Tyler said, hey, remember when they tried to make Jackson kind of (laughs) cool? Which is the change we went on our first watch through. (laughs) I just noticed some of Tyler's texts. There's one that refers to something that we haven't gotten to yet. This episode has a lot in it. But Jimmy Gibbler as Big Chungus did get me. (laughs) Yeah. And now you might be wondering, who is this Jimmy Gibbler? Oh, I I think we should say before this, Jackson does have a heart to heart with DJ where she tells him that women love confidence. And Steve used to always make these big entrances that really endeared her to him. Who's Jackson? Sorry, J Money. Okay. Um, Jackson means J Money. Um, It's like it's like an expanded version of that. It's an alternate name. It's like a different pronunciation. It's, it's it, We should respect his pronunciation and call him J-Money. But his, yeah, his name is J-Money. His name is J-Money. But um, she tells him that, which that will become important later. I, so I just wanted, I didn't want to forget that. Confidence and bold entrances. And then also there was a scene between uh, Kimmy and Fernando that we almost brushed over. Oh, yes. Wherein she tells him, she's telling him that People might be upset with the fact that he's staying there. And to avoid conflict, he starts wiggling his entire body sexually. (laughs) (laughs) But with the dopiest smile on his face, there's no sexuality in it at all. Which, which, to be fair, can you guys think of a better way to avoid conflict? I'm asking. I'm really asking. No, I cannot. I haven't run the numbers on it, but I'm not... I. I agree I probably wouldn't be able to find anything. Anyway, continue, because that now we're at Big Chungus himself, Jiminy Gibbler. Jimmy Gibbler. (laughs) Yes, so Stephanie is outside playing on her guitar, singing a song, when all of a sudden, uh, this guy, this Michael Kelso-looking guy. (laughs) Handsome stranger. (laughs) Handsome stranger comes up to her, and uh, they start singing a two-part harmony. You know, he knows the words to this song, yeah, apparently. He, already, he knows the words to Stephanie's original song. And then they kiss. And then they start smooching. 
I do love it because they stop singing. They have a moment where Stephanie literally asks, what are we doing? <laughs> and he says, like, well, I think we're about to kiss. And then they kiss. Yep. <laughs> it's so, it's mm-hmm. so, <sighs> I mean. It's so good. So good. It's wonderful. It's, it's great. It's so good. The, the Dibbler mating practice of approaching a woman while she's singing and then making out with her. Yes. And then uh, Kimmy comes Kimmy out. Kimmy comes out and reveals, hey, this beautiful stranger is actually my brother, Jimmy Gibbler, and not Michael Kelso from that 70s show. We should say that he looks and acts exactly like Michael Kelso, which yeah. throughout, throughout our first watching through to now has entertained us greatly. Yes. It's it's hard because you can't really make jokes about it because it's just a fact. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know what joke I'd make about it, but it's just always there. And it brings a smile to my face every single time. Oh, yeah. I so want him to say, well, damn, Stephanie, I can't control the weather. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from the uh, like the Ivanhoe tradition of just taking Robin Hood and then just putting him in because mm-hmm. in the story, does he just want Robin Hood? And you know what? We need that for Michael Kelso. So good on Fuller House for getting its Kelso. Yeah, yeah it should be more commonplace to have Michael Kelso in everything. <laughs> Michael Kelso should be in everything. Yeah. He even looks like a buff Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has the hair and I, like, I, I, I'm not, it, he's just Michael Kelso. He is. It is. It really is. Who, again, should be in everything. Like, guys, The Sopranos with Michael Kelso. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> There you go. No, that's a solid pitch. Is that our spinoff? <laughs> that might be our spinoff. I was also going to say HBO's Westworld with Michael Kelso. Yes. The Ken Burns Civil War documentary <laughs> <laughs> with Michael Kelso. <laughs> Narrated by Michael Kelso. Oh, Tyler just texted uh, the other phrase that describes Jimmy Gibbler perfectly. One is Michael Kelso. The other... Is himbo. Yeah. We finally got a himbo, you guys. He is quite possibly the textbook definition of a himbo. It's so good. I do love <laughs> when Stephanie is suddenly surprised that he's Jimmy Gibbler and she says, like, why didn't you tell me? He says, I thought you knew. Who kisses a total stranger? <laughs> Which is maybe his one moment of sanity ever. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love I love Jimmy Gibbler. Yeah, he this character very starts on a high and very quickly goes higher. Yep. So yeah, I think you know I think it's about time to start talking about uh it's time for the barbecue to happen. It's barbecue time. Well, before the barbecue, we have to meet Matt and Steve's yeah. girlfriends. Oh, yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. Matt and Steve come with their oh, girlfriends. Was... Oh, do you have something else, Mark? Yeah, I was also gonna say DJ and Max talk, and Max has a project where he has to work to solve one of the world's great problems oh that's right yeah he has to choose between guys guys he has to this third grader has to solve (laughs) global warming government corruption (laughs) i they don't say systemic racism but i assume systemic racism (laughs) is on the list (laughs) i god they started like naming these things and i just got so sad because, um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Max didn't solve these problems. 
No, he didn't even choose a topic. I thought you were going to say even four years later, these are still problems. You know what it reminded me of? What? This is the autobiographical part of the podcast. It reminds me of the uh, Action Research Project. I was going to say, you brought, I, was, I, I, was, I thought that as well. Where they make us choose a classic novel in English class. We have to read that novel and then pick out a global issue to solve <laughs> from that novel. And then have to spend the next, like, several months doing action plans to impact the community and solve the problem in your own way. And then you have to write, like, five papers about it and read another book and do a presentation. In, in, a presentation in the spring in an area where there is no air conditioning yeah. and there is, like, 500 people crammed into one room i nearly lost my sanity doing that project that's my memory the, they also stopped it like the year after we did it oh, fuck. Yep. which is like the worst part i know we were we were always that year i think like our year was the first year where like cooking wasn't an elective in middle school oh my god i think like <laughs> we just we were the crappy year Pretty much, yeah. yeah. We were, I think, the first year in Battle of the Classes where the seniors didn't win. Oh. Because we just did not care. You have no idea how happy that made me. Because I did not give a shit about Battle of the Classes at all. And everyone took it way too seriously. And me, as the edgy high schooler that I was, wanted us to lose so bad. I didn't. I wouldn't go that far. I didn't care at the beginning because, like, I didn't care. The school didn't drill any school spirit into me. But then as time went on and I was like, oh, fuck, what's happening? The juniors are like systemically trying to crush us <laughs> like a like there was a whole thing like they were working very hard to win while we were working very hard to lose apparently and so by the end i kind of got caught up in it but it was very funny to me that we just sucked oh no what happened to me was that it was uh it was very much drilled into my high school experience and i very much did not care and did not want to be a part of no, this zach I, I went to high school with you i know what you were like in high school <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, I was, yeah, it was my, uh, edgy, angsty teenage phase. <laughs> you were so angsty, Zach, you so wore angsty. black eyeliner. Yeah. And yeah. wrote sad poetry outside the library. Pretty much, yeah. These two were always invited to my weekly poetry slams, uh, in which I would always talk about how much I hated everything. And both of us, as English majors, didn't go. Despite my constant invites and my constant begging you to come watch my poetry. I had the bongos and everything. Don't worry, Toby went. Yeah, Toby went. Well, because Toby's just such a great guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, at least Toby was there to support me. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know what? Because of this, I. You know what? No, I want. I want to start up a podcast with Toby, a rival podcast with me and Toby. I, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving the podcast because you guys did not support my artwork. I'm so sorry, Zach. Can you at least stay for the rest of the episode? Because it would be really awkward if you left. Yeah. It's okay, I forgive you. I'll stay with the good time boys. Okay. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. Hooray. Um, I do want to say when you started talking about the action research project, my brain just went Jackson Research Project. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how we I also love how we went like very in-depth into our high school experience. And like yeah. that's something that a very limited section of our audience is going to understand. Well, that's why at some point I was kind of trying to move us off. <laughs> Same, but then I got really caught up in my poetry. You get very passionate about your poetry, Zach. Exactly. But yeah, so we meet Matt and Steve's girlfriends. <laughs> and uh, Matt's first. Uh, his girlfriend, Crystal, comes in. 
and she is just like she's flexible she's something she's a ball of sunshine wrapped in sugar i remember this from our first watch through you both were very taken with her and i was like she's nice no, I, I mean, I'm not super taken with her. I'm just describing her. Like, that's just her energy. Like, okay. she's super nice yeah. and, athle- and like, very active. Yeah, she just seems like the nicest person. And I say wrapped in sugar because she's very sweet and also high energy. <laughs> but, yeah, she's all, she's there. She does, like, cartwheels and stuff in the house. On my notes, I described her as flexible. Yeah, yes. yes. It's very important. Um, which I think is flexible and energetic, which I think is kind of what they were getting out of it. Yeah, she's a chiropractor. She does, like, Pilates, but also gymnastics. Yeah, she cartwheels out of the room and Matt dips his head back in and says, like, she's very energetic. <laughs> and then Steve comes in with his girlfriend, CJ. CJ. <laughs> or, or Siege. 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 I also want to mention uh, IMDb Trivia makes a point of saying, let me get to it, uh, when DJ meets Steve's new girlfriend, CJ, uh, CJ is actually wearing the outfit DJ wore in the first season, a blue cardigan and a white striped shirt, implying that I guess DJ only won, uh, DJ only wore one outfit in the first season, I guess. <laughs> Were you not paying attention? She's like a cartoon character. She wears the same thing every day. Not to the wardrobe, no. But yeah, so she's just, it's just DJ again. That's right. I do also, I think it's time for my um, Tyler impression again, because Tyler had a choice reaction to CJ. Mm-hmm. Um, who, again, if we haven't made it absolutely clear, is just DJ. Yeah. Yeah, just DJ. Um, but you guys ready for my Tyler impression again? Yes. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was Tyler's reaction, and it was my favorite thing. It was so thing. good. Literally, CJ is just like, you know the meme where it's like, hey, can I do your homework? Sure, but change it up a little bit so no one know- so that no one thinks you copied. Ah! Like, that's CJ. You know, like, DJ's a veterinarian. CJ's a real doctor. Yeah. And we have DJ at home. DJ at home. Tyler texted, we have DJ at home. DJ at home. <laughs> CJ. I really want them to visit CJ at some point, and it is, like, Bizarro Fuller House. That would be wonderful. We do get a little hint of that later. We do meet one of CJ's kids, but we shouldn't get too much into that. Yeah. And she's basically just Max. But yeah, uh, that happens and DJ's like, well, I'm sad now. They both have women and I I have nobody. But Kimmy has the perfect plan. Yes, Kimmy has a plan. (laughs) What if, and hear me out, what if... And hear me out, guys. Yes, I'm, I'm listening. Yes, Zach. Yes, 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 Zach. What, all right, hear me out. What if Jimmy Gibbler, Kimmy's younger brother, mm-hmm. pretends yeah. to be... Pretends to be what? DJ's boyfriend. <gasps> Brilliant. This is a great plan. This is a good plan. I, I, I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... They get up in front of everybody, and DJ's like, hey, it's my new boyfriend, Jimmy Gibbler. I guess it's, it's also like... I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I guess it's too complicated to say she has a boyfriend who lives in Canada. <laughs> yeah. She goes, this is my boyfriend, Jimmy Gibbler. And she didn't have to say Jimmy Gibbler. She could have just said Jimmy. Because everyone's like, you're dating a Gibbler? Well, yeah, we had this discussion in the episode, though. I feel like if she said, this is my boyfriend, Jimmy, the next question is like, oh, Jimmy, what do you do for work? Or just like more questions about him. So like they have, they'd have to lie on top of the lie that they're dating. 
But it's also like the follow-up question: What's your last name? No, I no, I understand they might not say Jimmy. What's your last name? I'm just saying I don't think leaving out his last name makes it any easier. No, but yeah, and Steve's like, "Oh, you're dating a gibbler," and then Fernando <laughs> immediately proceeds to defend his wife's honor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good good old Fernando. They're not married at this point. I shouldn't say wife, but he defends Kimmy's honor. His ex-wife's honor. His ex-wife's honor. You're right. Mark. His ex-wife and current paramour, Kimmy Gibbler. Yes. Noted sex goddess, Kimmy Gibbler. And I think we should say that Jimmy... Stephanie walks in holding Tommy, and Jimmy immediately breaks. Yeah. And says, no, TJ, I can't do this. I'm breaking up with you. He doesn't even say, like, I can't lie. He literally says, I'm breaking up with you. Oh, no, no, I think it's just like, I think he says something online to like, all right, I'm sorry, DJ, it's it's been a wonderful two minutes, but I just can't take this anymore. I'm breaking up with you because I love Stephanie. Because he's in love with Stephanie, and he immediately says, and Stephanie, I don't know, or he offers to raise Tommy as his own. <laughs> because she's holding Tommy and thinks it's her child. Anytime a woman is holding a baby, it's safe to assume it's her baby. Yep. Jimmy does, I just want to point it out, he does one of my favorite things, which is he, like, strokes Tommy, but he doesn't touch Tommy, so he just, like, waves his hand right next to him. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. I also do want to point out that in the background, Matt, Steve, and their girlfriends are just are just reacting very dramatically to the entire thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it really makes the scene that much better. It really is wonderful. I It does. I this is This is where Jimmy goes from good to great. Because yes. he says he gives this speech to Stephanie about, I've always loved you. I think about the time that we kissed all the time. And, and, and she says, that was 30 minutes ago. And he says, yeah, it was. But I think about it a lot. <laughs> I think about it, I think all, about the it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, it's wonderful. And then it's right in the middle of this madness. That we have Jackson, <laughs> J Money, on the roof. Making his dramatic, confident entrance. <laughs> Swinging off the roof like Tar- Also, wait, I, wait, hold on a minute. I just realized, he swings off the roof like Tarzan. Where is the rope connected to? I, yeah, no, I asked that during the episode. Where was the rope connected to? <laughs> a telephone wire? They just have one really tall tree that we can't see. <laughs> a really tall tree with a really long branch. Yes. <laughs> and so he swings across it and falls over the fence into a conveniently placed pond. It's not enough for him to fall over the fence. There has to be a huge splash of water afterwards. <laughs> yes. Which implies that there's just some like pond or lake right over the fence, which is very entertaining to me. Or like, even if it's just like one of those small above ground pools. Yeah. Why is it right next to the fence? Yeah. On, on the side of the neighbor's house? There's there's no distance. There's no distance. <laughs> I love it. He gets up and says, like, did Lola see that? And I think Ramona, who's out by this time, says, no, Lola is not here. And Jay Money says, like, maybe that's for the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least he's self-aware. And then there's another scene or Max comes to terms that he can't change the world as a third grader, and then the episode ends. Well, I do want to say it's very funny because Max is upset that he can't change the world, and DJ gives him this big speech about how if we just stick to it and keep trying, maybe we can change the world. We can make a difference and change our lives. And it's very funny to me because everybody's going around and saying their goals, like DJ's saying, 
I can get a boyfriend. And Ramona says, I can become a dancer. And Jay Money says, I can win Lola. And Max is the only one being like, and we can have universal health care and fair elections, which are his exact words. I'm not saying that. Those are what he singles out. And it made me sad again. <laughs> oh, God. I just, they're all very self-absorbed except for Max. The young, the youngins are the only one trying, trying to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And I think they have that sort of moment where they just look at each other and it's like, yeah. Which later on, they do become sort of a comedy duo. It's kind of great. Oh, yeah. It's great. And, uh, you know, guys, yeah, this episode was pretty great. But you know what else is great? It's time for our favorite segment. You know it. You love it. You missed it. It's finally time for season two of Sad Boy of the Week. Let's get started. What a spicy transition, Zach. Thank you. What a spicy and natural transition. I try. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's start off with some nominations. I'm going to start off with the fairly obvious one. Our boy, J Money. J Money. Yes. The J Money. He has some, uh, some potential. J Money. But, uh, I'm, I think this might be the time I go for Fernando. I was going to say, Fernando is also up there. Yeah. I think Jim Fernando is up there. Is Fernando on the leaderboard yet? I think Fernando I is, he one is once. I think he has okay. one point. I'm running through the other people in this episode. But I think it really is a two-man race. Sorry, a two-boy race. I think so, too. Oh, wait a second. No, no, no. DJ. Oh, yeah. DJ is pretty sad, is it? DJ at least has to be in the running. She's very sad. I think at this point it's more so honorable mentions with the two-horse race. But yes, DJ deserves an honorable mention. Think about it. She's spent all this time working on herself. She's finally ready to commit. And now she doesn't have a Jimmy Gibbler to touch her right boob on camera. It's very sad. <laughs> We I did was it. wondering when we were going to bring that we up. We finally did it. We finally brought it up. Yeah. Tyler, if you could edit in like audio of like NASA cheering because of a rocket. <laughs> the greatest non-controversy of this week. Yeah. This, guys, we're recording this uh, shortly after the Candace Cameron Bure uh, spicy photo controversy happened. The spice, the very spicy, very... Uh, explicit content please do not look it up if you are not of legal age i saw a headline saying you know indecent photos of candace cameron bure and her husband and it like took me a second to realize what was indecent about them like i understand yeah, it took me a while it took a me a second yeah, like i understand but like but it's like they're fully clothed they're, fully they're outside it's like a no other it's an otherwise very normal this picture. is the same week chris evans leaked photos of his junk <laughs> I have I have higher standards. Okay. We have more important things to look at. Boob gate is not the most important thing right now. Let, let me run through our our candidates. Okay. I want to I want to see if I can think of any more, yeah. but you start going through. And and I'll say my piece about DJ cuz DJ did cross my mind and she might be there. We'll see. So we have Jay Money whose first line of the season is a voice crack. Mm -hmm. uh, has abstained from the ladies the entire summer <laughs> because he's so devoted to his boo, Lola. Again, he never says girlfriend. He says boo and he says bae, which are two very J-Money things. And I think also very sad. If you say boo or bae, like, that's fine. I just, for this, yeah, yeah, yeah. For this specific kid to be doing it. Oh, 100%. He... <laughs> 
he inserts himself into Ramona and Lola's hanging out and dances poorly just to, to talk to her again because she's not talking to him. I, I brushed over that. The second he sees his girlfriend, and I put quotes around that, she runs right past him, not even acknowledging his existence. Then when he finally talks to her, she she doesn't she's not mean about it, but she lets him down and says that I'm you know, I'm not your girlfriend. I, I kissed you. Yes, but it was just it was not a romantic thing. And instead of taking no for an answer, Jane Money says, I'm going to win her back. I'm going to climb my way out of the friend zone and decides to another perfect plan this episode swing from some non-existent <laughs> branch. This is the greatest plan. <laughs> he swings over the backyard into the next backyard and drops into a pool or a pond or some sort of wet thing splashing. Some sort of body of water. Some body of water. And then is just wet the entire episode and again expresses when they're all saying what they want to do in life is singular drive to win over the girl who just rejected, who has rejected him more than once. Yes. And that's Jay Money. Also gave himself a new bad nickname. Ashton Jackson. Jay Money. Jay Money. Oh, God. All right, let's move on to Fernando. All right. Uh, Fernando. <laughs> just the sigh. <laughs> oh, Fernando. Fernando. <laughs> Fernando, who, and this is a strong case, forgot to pay his rent, got evicted, <laughs> and has now announced to these people that he's moving into their house even though they do not want him there then when his ex-wife current paramour Kimmy Gibbler says hey maybe they don't want you here um, he says or no he doesn't say anything he starts wiggling and then nibbling her arm yes we forgot to mention this earlier thank you for bringing this up no, we talked about the wiggling. We almost went over it. Oh, did we? We almost skipped oh, okay. over it um, in our haste to talk about Jimmy Gibbler. But he he wiggles and he nibbles. We did not mention the nibbling to, yes, to seduce Kimmy and avoid confrontation because he cannot <laughs> abide. He, he cannot hear that they don't want him in the house. And he just kind of keeps <laughs> insisting that he's living there, even though they don't want him living there. Nobody wants him living there. It's not just DJ whose house it is. It's also Max says, like, nobody wants you here, man. And that's, that's, I think that's Fernando's case. If I'm missing anything that makes Fernando. I think that's Fernando's case. Yep. Yeah. So then we have Deej. Top of this episode, she's confronting her own mortality. That's true. Uh, slowly realizing maybe for the first time that she's going to die someday. <laughs> I've experienced death so many times it feels more like a memory. I, I totally fucked up the line, okay. but you know what I meant. I know what you meant. She excitedly tells her baby that she's decided which of the two men in her life that she wants to date. However, they come and they tell her they don't need her anymore. They have girlfriends. Instead of saying her piece, she lies and just says, my news is that the barbecue time is three, which there might have been a lot about. That might have just been the time. And she's reminding me. It was the time. Yeah, yeah. there was a whole thing where it was the time. It was the time. We should also mention that one of the girlfriends is just her. One of the girlfriends is just her. She meets the girlfriends. She's also, she gets it rubbed into her face that this is because of you. It's because of what you've done that now you're sad. 
<laughs> um, she meets the girlfriends, one of which is just her, which must makes it make it sting even more. By the way, Steve has at least a little self-awareness because yep. he does say, I guess I have a type. There are two women <laughs> on that type. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she lies and says that Jimmy Gibbler is her her lover. He immediately breaks up with her for her sister. And DJ is left alone to ramble about how we can all achieve our dreams if we just believe in ourselves. And then she fails to give a pep talk to an eight-year-old. Pretty much, yeah. All right, so let's get into the voting. Uh, I have my vote if you guys want to, if, if you don't mind me starting off. I, I have my vote. I think I have my um, vote. Yeah. Okay. It was a situation where even as I suggested her, I wasn't going to vote DJ. But then Mark gave his recap... <laughs> And I, I think I have to go with yeah, her. I think if there's an episode for DJ so to become Sad Boy of the Week, this is it. But at the same time, I cannot deny just how sad Jay Money was this entire episode, and I have to go with him. I yeah. Here's the thing. I'm between Jay Money and DJ um, because I think they both have fantastic cases to be made for themselves. I made those cases. Um, Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're all very proud of you mark thank you <laughs> and i'm so i'm leaning towards j money but i worry that that's just because i love j money so much and that i'm not giving dj her fair due do it do it mark join the dark side the thing that i was thinking about before i recapped it all was that dj is a little too literally sad I think often, often in Sad Boy, which was, I don't know if I'm still thinking that. I think you oh, could okay. give it to DJ. I think it could go to DJ. I'm still mulling it over. I'm thinking about it out loud right now. But I think the best Sad Boys of the week are a combination of very low status and not realizing that they're low status. And, yes. I, <laughs> and I think that is J Money to a T right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, though, I think if DJ was going to win any episode, it's this episode. I think I think he's just such a strong sad boy of the week this episode. I might have to go with J Money. I kind of want to hear what Tyler has to say, but I think I'm voting J Money. All right, we're going to throw it to Tyler. Uh, let us know over text. Here we go. We have received word from Tyler, and this is the this is the final verdict. J Money tried to change his own status to no avail. I would have to give J Money some honey here. Direct quote from yeah. Tyler. There I, we go. Again, yeah. I'm very much with you with a lot of it, Harrison. I just think, like, in addition to, like, it's a strong DJ episode. I just think this is so classic sad boy behavior. Yeah. Like, there are some episodes where if it was just DJ and Fernando, I would give it to DJ. Um, there are some episodes where I think we stretch it a little bit. Mm. Some episodes where we do make it the person who's literally sad. But I think J Money is just so what I want out of a sad boy of the week in this episode. Pathetic, embarrassing himself, literally hurting himself. Oh, our little sad boy is becoming a sad man. <laughs> it's true. Soon he'll be called to the Torah to read. Exactly. To become a bar mitzvah. Um, <laughs> a sad mitzvah. A sad mitzvah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give it to J Money here. All right. Well, congratulations to our sad boy of the week, Jackson J Money Fuller. Yeah. 
Tyler, you already have the sound effect of like the NASA clapping. Can you just throw that in there? Thanks. Would I would very much appreciate that. Well then, do we have anything we w- would like to discuss? Not from me. I think we're good. All right. I think that was a solid conclusion our to our first, first episode, episode guys, of, season of season two. Yeah. I'm excited. I am excited. Well then, I am excited as well. This is going to be great. I think we saw Jackson in a football outfit on the, the thumbnail of the next episode. Jay Money. This is going to be great. It's going to be so great. But anyway, if you want to find us on social media, please go to Fullest House Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And go to enter.fm slash Fullest House Pod to find our work, our our archives of our glorious podcast that we greatly want Juan Pablo DePache to come on. Please come on our podcast. Please, Juan Pablo, we're begging you. Until next time, I'm Harrison Bloom. I'm Zach Horowitz. And I'm Mark Green. Until next time, may your houses be fuller. And if we all band together, we can solve climate change.